Welcome back to InGov's Service again, a side story of Splinters of a Broken Sun. We are rolling through the desert on a sand skiff with inexperienced sailors trying to stay alive on board this hulk of a wooden it's boat. A, a sail barge, if you will. Indeed so. And uh, I am joined today by the gentleman you just heard, Pat. Hey, how's it going? I am playing Squall, the stalwart. I'm doing well, and I'm glad to hear about Squall. I'm also joined by Trudy. Hi, I'm Trudy, and I play Zora the Sword. And of course, I'm joined by Dustin, too. Hello, I'm Dustin, and my character is Quanjoy the Seeker. Uh, heroic battle ram Ramulus is sadly not with the party right now. Hey, he could have been. And if, if, well, if, if you want to know what happened to Ramulus, go back and listen to all the episodes you've listened to previously. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can listen to our side side story. In Quanjoy's service, a Ramulus tale. Please do that. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> All right. It's just like a it's just like a side story about like Ray trying to like knock a thing of candy off of a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. Eating trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. So you killed the entire crew of the ship except for three people. Uh and those uh, three actually, people I meant I meant to ask at the end of the thing, are those three people still on the ship with us or did they jump ship? No, they bailed. Okay. They as far as you can tell, they they took the sail down to send the ship off on an erratic course in the hopes that you would die or something and then bailed. Sure. So yeah. Well, you know, you you did kill all their friends, you know, old Farty, Stinko, John, Admiral Bybars. Uh well, I like how you included Admiral Bybars last as if that was like one of the wacky nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we just call him the Admiral. All right, so you have uh, made it on your skiff through the sandstorm and the darkness. The moons have gone. The sun should be up, but the sun is dead, as far as you know. And uh, so it's just darkness, except for the lanterns that are hung about the ship and the lantern that Carla still has on the uh, anti-corruption suit that she's still wearing. As you pull up to the edge of the impact crater's outer wall, you quickly see that there is no way this ship is going to be able to get over that wall. Uh, you're going to have to climb. Should we uh, put our suits on while we're... No. Well, I guess we can probably go put the, the suits on now. Yeah. I, actually, here, I, I have a question of the GM. Um, in the mm -hmm. time it took us to do that, since I managed to get like stabbed and cut across the chest, would I have had time to do some first aid on myself? Um, sure. You can like drink one of your potions. Okay. I will do that if you don't mind. I don't mind. Just because we're going to have to like fight a meteor or something in a minute. <laughs> a rock lord. Oh my God. I wish. <laughs> Healing Watch potion. Heal 10 damage or remove one debility, your choice. I believe uh, I'm you... going to heal 10 damage because I don't have any, any debilities at the moment. I believe you each have at least one. And I think Squall has two because he's a medic. I'm not sure though. Should be in your gear. I thought, I, for a second, I thought you meant I had two debilities because I was a medic. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no. No, I, I sadly don't. Okay, I thought you all did. Okay. Well, I, I think it was something you had to choose at the start. You probably picked like I picked more bar. ammo. I yeah. can check and see what Zora has because I know she had a choice. Either way, I, I healed for 10, uh, guzzling this potion. Okay. Are you putting... it into my mouth like a like an animal so are you all putting your gear back on or are you leaving it off oh we're putting the gear back on okay. yeah i am i'm not okay i'm i'm going to put it on and uh you know i figure if if it kills uh zora and carla someone needs to drag them back to the skiff <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. All right. So, uh, and also, I, totally I make sure that, you know, when Quanjoy makes it clear he's not putting it back on, I'm like, all right, dude, if you get corrupted, you know, we'll we'll continue this grift in the big uh, the big con in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah, it's just going to encumber me. And I think I'm going to be more useful as a nimble scout than a man in a robot suit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So then in that case, Squall, Zora, and Carla, you're still all tethered together. And uh, Quanjoy is not. So you, uh, I guess, get off the boat and you come up to the base of this impact crater wall. And uh, you're going to have to scramble up it somehow. Okay. And there's obviously no way around it or anything. No, I mean you can you can use your your wisdom to try and ask me some questions and maybe find a better path, or you can just try and climb it with your strength, or do some acrobatics parkour stuff with your dexterity to get up there. Yeah, I think uh, let's do some discern realities here, maybe. Can we kill the crater? You probably can, but you'd need a bigger boat. (laughs) All right, Carla and I are going to work on that. (laughs) All right, you get to ask me three questions as you roll the twelve. Okay, what should I be on the lookout for? You notice as you're looking at the wall here that there's sort of like a, it goes up in tiers, but they're not even. Obviously, this is all stuff that was thrown up from the bottom of where this struck. Uh, You also see that there are these strange roots, thick roots sticking out of the wall, looking like they've been torn up from some odd plants below. And they're fairly thick, and you test one of them, and it's solid enough that would make a good handhold. To help you climb. These roots are like many different colors. There's like, uh, well, they're primarily yellow, red, and uh, yellow, red, and black. And some of them you can see inside of the sort of bark of the root is this uh, copper colored tendrils that are sticking out. So there's those sticking out at uh, intervals throughout the wall that you could use to help you climb. Okay. I think that maybe answers the what here is useful or valuable to me, but I'm going to ask that one anyway. Okay. You can also see as you are climbing up that there are bits of metal and other materials that look like they are actually like valuable in terms of being worth money or being useful to you in your career. You could probably gather some of those up and sell them for some good coin or use them to make some really nice arrows. Okay. Um, and then what here is not what it appears to be? Uh, you're not sure that those roots are roots. They don't look like any plant you've ever seen. Okay. Thank you. Um, so Quanjoy is just going to gesture to everyone that probably use the roots to climb up. Okay. So with that, I don't think we need to really take the time to roll or role play out you climbing a wall. It's not the most exciting thing imaginable. So, uh, the three of you, the four of you are able to climb the wall. Uh, Carla falls a couple of times, but you're able to use the, the tubes to haul her up with you and, uh, Eventually, you are able to, with the help of those weird root things, make it up to the lip of the crater here. And you look down, and you see that the last of the mushroom cloud is settling. And uh, you can it's dark, so you can't really see much. But you can hear some weird noises coming from down inside the crater. This is a large crater. It's about a kilometer across. I was, I was about to ask, uh, you know, how similar is this crater to the one at the end of Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> it's not that big. Uh, so it's, uh, I guess, a little over half a mile across. That's still pretty big. Yeah. That's real big, yeah. Well. That's like um, the distance from me to the movie theater. 
But we don't have a good way to get this thing out of here. We'd need like some sort of winch and pulley or something anyway, so we might as well just go down and look at it, right? Probably. All right. Okay. So you make your way down. There's the at least the slope of the inside of the crater is less severe. So it's more like like sort of sliding down. You could probably like sandboard your way down there if you wanted to. If you wanted to look cool. Oh, we're we are we are doing that. Like as a group. Okay. Everybody piles onto a piece of convenient debris and you sandboard your way down to the bottom of the crater. Uh, it's very Calvin and Hobbes in that everybody falls off when you get to the bottom. <laughs> and uh, you know, Dustin fell off the connection. Of course. Welcome back, Dustin. I'm so sorry. I'm doing my best, but no, uh, it's, it's not your okay. fault. Yeah, no, we, we just wanted to make sure you heard that we tobogganed down to the bottom of the crater. And uh, Nope, I literally only missed like one second. Okay. So I'm good. All right. Uh, I guess we should go find the thing. Yes? Yeah. yeah. Let me just move you over to the new map. The interior of the creator. Crater is the word the that I want. The interior of the creator is my post-rock band. <laughs> But you have to call it like interior of the creator U.S. so that the German one doesn't sue you. (laughs) Yeah. So inside the crater, there's a lot of blasted sand, but there's also a lot of weirder stuff here. And you can feel and hear a whistling as if air were moving very swiftly from one room into another. Uh, It's like you would hear the wind whistling through an insufficiently patched wall or a hole or something. You can hear that sound, and it's getting louder as you approach the center of the crater here. And you see lots of debris, uh, a lot of it metallic. Some of it looks like mineral, others of it looks like it's, you know, just dirt and sand and plant matter, some dead animals and animal bits. But there's a lot of metal, which is not what you would expect to have been thrown out of an impact crater. Like there's do you metal. Guys, do you guys think when this thing landed, it hit another one of those uh, sail barges? Zor shrugs. We won't know until we have more of a chance to investigate it. No, those weren't made of metal. So either this fragment of the sun was made of metal or. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of metal. We we heard up to, you know, we heard um, either this fragment of the sun is made of metal or. Or it hit one of those sky bears uh, you saw earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay, I, I have to think about this one as we walk. Yeah. Are, are we having any particular difficulty in crossing this terrain? Like, is it getting increasingly hot or is it, um, you know, the, the ground um, sinking? Or It's actually getting increasingly cold, mm. like a lot more than you'd expect it to be. Some of the metal that you are coming across has a rhyme of frost that's developed on it. And you're also feeling uh, lightheaded as you approach the center of the crater. Like, there's uh, a pressure you feel building in your skull. All right. We'll uh, take it a little bit slower then, but still get there. So as you're approaching, you start to hear other sounds other than this tremendously loud and louder whistling. Uh, and you do see, you see shapes moving, like moving shapes, which uh, in itself is unsettling. But what's even more unsettling is that these moving shapes have occasional flashing lights that go along them. They are long shapes and large shapes that are sort of hovering or even slithering through the air near the center of this crater with these sort of yellow, then pink, then uh, blue, then green lights, similar to the ones that you saw in the cloud, except they're moving along an almost organic looking path. 
as if you were looking at a deep sea fish of some sort, but very large and floating in the air. Ooh, well, I, I look, uh, I look at the other guys to make sure that they are also seeing this. Yeah. What's, it's not, what's it's not Carla's just like reaction? my head, like caving in. Carla is in her, like in her gear and she is, you hear sort of whimpering and like, uh, ragged breathing from her. And, uh, she is muttering, uh, prayers under her breath. Okay. And I'm sorry. She's not, uh, I am probably also muttering. She's not muttering prayers. She is muttering a list of some sort that she keeps going over and over. Okay. Well, while she, uh, mutters Arya Stark's list of who to kill, which is probably just us three. Um, (laughs) I, I am muttering, you know, prayers and audits and accounts. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you see suddenly in the midst of those larger lights, you see a smaller one that's almost like a crackling bolt of lightning coming from just about, as far as you can tell, the very center of the crater. And uh, you hear a voice. The, the lightning cracks up towards one of the yellow lights, and you hear, Get back! Crack. Leave me alone! Oh. Uh, I look to the other guys like, I think we might have interrupted something private. Maybe we should give them a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So we're all in agreement that the Seeker is getting sent to check this out, right? <laughs> you have my character sheet. You can roll for me, sir. <laughs> I trust you all implicitly. Okay. So, yeah, you, it's just intermittently you see this uh, lightning discharge and you hear muttered imprecations in that voice. And the yellow lights appear to be sort of slowly revolving around this central point and you see those blue and yellow and green and pink lights running up and down. It's like a bunch of LEDs that like they go in sequence and then off and then sequence in and off. It's unsettling and it's unlike anything yeah. you've likely seen. Yeah. Before. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard for me to come up with the, uh, what squall one, there's not immediately anything for squall to just murder, uh, or a <laughs> uh, doctrine at. So, you know, it, like, I don't know. I mean, this is this is kind of the uh, this is that one scene in the abyss where the uh, the water thing is coming at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is totally that. Um, I mean, is it is there anything we can roll uh, that maybe not would not because I mean you know making sense of this would be hard enough as is. Is there anything we can roll to kind of um, like interact with it or try to uh, discern you know try to come up with some sort of filter for what it is we're being well, confronted with. You can attempt to discern realities. You could attempt to spout lore, but this is pretty far outside your experience. But you might. Yeah, I, get... I was going to say I was. My first thought was spouting lore, but I'm like, would there be? I should ask you before I do that. Would there, even if I succeeded, would there be anything? Maybe like, is this any, is this anything within the realm of Gov? Uh, it's not within the realm of Gov, but it might be something from like a myth or a legend or a folklore that you may have All heard right, in well, passing. Let's, let's see if any of my. Uh, Searching for lore about bears helps me out here. It could. Okay. Uh, nine. All right. So I give you something interesting, but not necessarily useful. So you have heard stories of a creature that lives in the sea called a squid. And you once saw a dead squid at a market. And it was very long and had these tentacles that come off the back of it and this sort of bullet shaped head. And the person who was selling this uh, squid claimed that it was, you know, it was a, a damned soul, someone who had gone too far into debt and so could not even be reborn as a human. When that happens, you're cast down into the abyss of the sea to be reborn as one of these hideous creatures. 
and they have lights that flash along their bodies. And it all sounded completely ridiculous to you at the time. But these shapes look kind of like that. But and bigger. what Matt just said is what I've been saying to the other party. As I, as I basically just talk to them trying to speak aloud to make sense of what I'm seeing in such a way that maybe one of them will be able to piggyback off of that. All right. I guess I should probably discern realities. That seems to be what I'm most useful for. Yeah, if you You're also good at arrows. This time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do a discern realities. You do a very good discern realities again. So you can ask me up to three questions. All right. Uh, let's start with... <laughs> Don't what sound here. so enthusiastic. Oh, I just have to choose carefully here. Mm. What here is not what it appears to be. Uh, you would guess that those aren't really squid because they're floating in the sky. Okay. Um, and the debris that you're seeing is continuing to make you question what what exactly crashed here. But it also seems like there is more debris here than could be accounted, accounted for by something that would make, quote unquote, only a half mile crater. Like it seems there's more stuff here than there should be for that kind of impact. Okay. Um, I'm... This may be dumb, but it may be really good. So who's really in control here? Right now, as far as you can tell, these squid things are in control because whoever or whatever is zapping at them with lightning doesn't appear to be doing much in the way of deterring them from its approach, from their approach. Okay. And what is about to happen? You would guess that these squid things are going to, you know, eat or destroy or harm or capture whatever's in the middle of the crater. All right. Trudy, do you want to do a discern reality? Sure. Or, okay. You can also sort of make out as you're appearing in there, because there's not really a notice role in this system, but you can also sort of see as you're appearing and studying the situation, you see a shape that's not in the very center of the crater. The very center of the crater is so black that you can't really make out any detail there. It's almost as if there's nothing there, but that's impossible, of course. But before that nothing abyss, there is a shape that's moving around, firing this lightning from its hands, but the shape doesn't look like a person exactly. It looks wrong. Like a bear. It doesn't look like anything organic that you've seen, like anything living that you've seen. I, I do okay. have a question. Before before Trudy uh, makes a reality roll, uh, if I can have... Are these tentacles, are they close enough that like climbing on the debris would allow one of us to touch them? No, you're not close enough to do okay. that yet. You can just barely see them. Okay. You'd have to get even closer into this very just, just black. Making, just, uh, just, you know, yeah. uh, I didn't know if they were like long enough that we were getting close to the tips or something. Mm -hmm. uh, peering at them, you sort of looking at the uh, pattern of the lights flashing along them. You get the impression that each one of these things is somewhere between. I'm going to give this in a measurement that would make sense to my American friends here. Yeah. Um, okay. About how many moose? <laughs> it's about well, it's 18 meters long, which is about 60 feet long. Okay. Each yeah. individual one. So these are by far the largest things you have seen that are moving on their own and aren't, say, a boat. Like okay. Things this large simply don't exist in this world outside of buildings and some vehicles. Right. Um, all right. Well, Trudy. I'm prepared to roll horribly. I Here believe we go. You. You're peering into the blackness at these lighting up creatures and the whatever it is moving around down there trying to escape them. And uh, 
it's all just so alien to you that you're having a difficult time even processing it. Like it would be like if you turned on TV and it were a broadcast from some alien world where instead of carbon based life forms, everybody was made out of, you know, what's not carbon. Tholians. Sure. Should we go down after whatever is trying to escape the squids? Yeah. I mean, I'm always rooting for the underdog. I really want to help that thing fight those space squids. Okay. We don't know who they are, so hopefully they're an ally. Yeah. I mean, that's never stopped us before. (laughs) (laughs) We can make or break allies in two seconds. (laughs) True. Uh, So you should now see the squid things on the map. Yeah. So they are floating around. They've got their heads are like huge lanterns. And then trailing behind them, they have these many tentacles that are waving gently, not in any discernible wind that you can see. They seem to be moving on their own. And then the lights are going along the the tentacles that lead out behind them as you approach. One of them turns in your direction and begins Uh, to very slowly float towards you. It's not in any rush. Yeah, I'm going to step out in front of the others and, you know, like try to like hail it, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Hmm. Do I want to like, you know, make like fire just as like a signal guys, or do you think that would kick off another war for us to fight through? You might think that it's a threat. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna try waving to it and like saying like hello there. Uh it, what the hell are you? It briefly seems to have some attention on you, and then it pauses and its tentacles swing forward and bloom so that the tentacles are pointing towards you and uh they, in a serpentine motion, they're drifting back and forth, and then the creature turns away from you again and starts drifting back towards the center of the crater. I look towards uh, the secret. Is, is that how wildlife say hello? Is that how, like, bears show their respect to the mountain cat? <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, Squall, every animal behaves slightly differently. That's not like anything I've ever seen. Um, we need to get over there, though, no matter what. The other shape, close to the middle, uh, also notices you when you start talking and waving, and when it sees that one of its assailants is coming at you, and it turns its head towards you, but its head is like a box, and on the box are two glowing circles, and then there is a line that is right now looks like a cartoonish frown. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that is that when it does a frowny face in Aquid Parlance? <laughs> yes. That to, was, to that, you, was a, that was a, that was a joke for Dustin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to you, it, it would look like a frowny face uh, drawn onto like a screen of some sort. And when it sees you, the frowny line briefly straightens out into just a straight line, and then the line starts doing this bizarre approximation of a mouth opening and closing, and it says. Help! Help me! Help! Let's help. Yeah, let's let's do it. So uh, yeah. we still we still do have Carla uh, tethered to us, unless she unless while we were all you know talking about this, she like fell down a cliff or something. You turn around and see that Carla has detached herself from your communications hose. I've been talking to her like the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> she is uh, she is just standing there watching all of this, just standing there you can't see her face or anything but that's all she's doing she's detached herself from the rest of you and is just standing there staring well she'll be fine let's go kill some squid yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's connection is such good 
comic timing. <laughs> so we were agreeing with you, Dustin. Let's go kill some squid. Cool. All right. Uh, I I'm going to uh, since I'm standing in front, I'm going to use my ingub's flame uh, skill. <laughs> if if the uh, temperature of the because you said this place was very cold. It's extremely cold now. Okay. Uh, will will my flame is my flame like magic enough to sustain in that kind of cold? Let's find out. All right. Uh, flames of go seven. So a a weapon sputters to life in your hand. Uh, the flames are not as red as you're used to seeing them. They've got more of a bluish tinge, but they are still flames. And what tag are you picking? A lot of sugar in the air. Uh, I am going to uh, pick plus one damage because I am freaked out about this and need maximum kill power. Can I light one or two of my arrows on fire with your fire? Uh, GM, can he do that? It's fire, so yes. Okay. Okay. Also, I'm going to, since I didn't tell you what it is, it's going to be a lance, like a Okay. For like spearing. Oh, okay. cool. I want to light some arrows on fire and start shooting arrows. All right. So you you open fire on one of these squid things. Are you just shooting at the nearest one? Yes. Okay. You fire your arrow at the squid thing, and the arrow, which is on fire, flies towards the center of the crater, which is not where you aimed. You definitely shot your arrow towards that squid creature, but as your arrow was flying, some force drew it in towards that abyss in the center, and then as it reached the air over the middle of it, it was very swiftly sucked down into the darkness and disappeared. All right. Well, plan B is yell cuss words at it while everyone else hears something Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to charge in with the land and see the same result happen. Okay. Make your uh, intelligence attack. Okay. That is a 10. So you run, uh, and you run up one of these frost-slicked fallen I-beams of steel or whatever it is, and when you reach the top, you jump, and that brings you up high enough to come down on top of this squid lance first. So uh, roll your damage. Okay. And there's no, like, wacky, like, field? Like, there's no, like, force field or anything that I'm on top of? I'm just on the squid? You can feel something pulling you, but it's not strong enough to pull a full grown man body. Okay, and I have done seven damage. Okay, and then there's the plus one as well. Plus one, so eight, yes. Alright, so you do damage. As you land on top of this squid thing, your spear sort of punctures into the glowing lantern area of its head, of its uh, fleshy skull. Eight damage? Unless it's got armor, I guess. Well, I have to remember if it does. armor. Just click on my some flying squid thing token. It does have one armor. Yeah, so you do seven damage. Okay, so seven damage. Indeed. Okay, so it takes seven damage. And does it, does it, uh, I mean, it just got stabbed in the head. Like, is it going to, am yes. I suddenly riding a Bronco? You have stabbed it in the head, and there is an incredibly foul smell as some type of gas starts leaking rapidly out of its head, and it begins falling towards the ground with you on its back. The gas does not seem to affect the flames of your lance, though. Okay, am I getting wicked high? <laughs> uh, it, more, more that is, is, you... is my voice getting more high-pitched? Not <laughs> quite. You, you feel like, you feel nauseated. Okay. But well, this... I feel nauseated every time I harm one of Gov's creatures. Uh, <laughs> this creature <laughs> appears, as far as you can tell, like it's, it's gone limp. It seems to be mm. dead, but you are now sort of riding it towards the ground. That's what she said. 
<laughs> I hope Zora just says that out loud to like Carla. Oh my god. She's like, what's going on? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Is it Zora's turn to whack something? Uh, it, and if you want. It's your turn to whack one of these squids. Yeah. I'll whack this one over here. Okay. Roll your hack and slash. To enact revenge for all of those animes that Suncoast Video sold in the 90s. <laughs> oh uh, so you likewise find some debris and you leap mightily up into the air and you slash your blade along the bottom of its, you now assume, luminous gas sack. Uh, so roll your damage and it will roll its damage on you. That's good damage. Let's see here. You take uh, nine damage and it no takes... piercing, right? No piercing from that, but yours, your sword has two piercings, so that cuts through its armor. And this thing, the gas starts leaking out of it as well, and it begins to uh, deflate and uh, head towards the ground. But what happened basically is as your sword slashed through it, you were electrocuted very slightly. Well, not very slightly. You were seriously electrocuted by its death throes, and that's what you felt going through you, electricity. Ow. Corsora takes it like a... Like a beast. Mm-hmm. As is her way. You hear That's that good. thing, whatever it is, it's now got like a big smile on its face. And it's going, yay, yeah, get him, yeah. All right. Sora feels very encouraged. Uh, so my arrows are not really doing anything. I Can I try to stab one with my knife? You could try to recalculate your shot based on your understanding of ballistics. All right, let's do that. All right. You do that. You got an 11 on your volley roll there. So your arrow, you fire it and sort of knowing what's going to happen, you do like a mini golf kind of thing. So you fire okay. it in a different direction from where you want it to go. And it sort of whips around that central area and ends up slamming into the squid thing okay. and uh, doing a damage. So, all right, that arrow's on fire as well. So it should have an additional... Okay, you end up doing six damage once the flames start licking across the creature's back. Uh, it takes five of that damage and is hurt, but is still up, floating in the air. Okay. And the uh, little creature starts trying to scramble up the side of the uh, central crater towards you, but it seems to be having a very difficult time. And you notice it, it doesn't seem to have feet or legs. So it's just trying to scramble up by clinging to the rocks with what appear to be a pair of its hands where its hands should be it's got some kind of clamp it's trying as to... as as my uh, squid falls am i able to like jump from you know time it so that i can jump from where the squid is to like where this guy's scrambling up and kind of grab him and try to get him out of there uh give me a dexterity defy danger to see if you can do a cool flip basically right if i fail i'm just gonna end up like accidentally drop kicking <laughs> Uh, a five. I fall off the squid. Uh, yeah, you go to do a jump, and the squid deflates more than you were prepared for. So you sort of uh, tumble off of it and land hard on your back. Uh, and you take uh, five damage that ignores armor. But you are lying on your back, a little bit winded, next to this little creature. And you can feel that pull is stronger now than it was when you were up by the squid thing. So it is starting to starting to pull even you towards the center. And it's very cold. Okay. So I, I quickly tell the, the little critter that, like, I, I'm normally better at that. Trust me. Hey, I'm Squall. <laughs> Hello, I'm Empy. 
Okay, well, let's uh, let's try to get out of here. Yes, if you could, please. I don't know what's happening. Oh, I'm well, to be fair, neither do we. Yeah, Zora, are you back over with us? I was going to ask what you were doing before I kind of commandeered trying to help uh, our little friend. Yeah, she'd come over, have come over here. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to, like, if this guy isn't heavy, too heavy for me to lift, I'm going to try to, like, reach under him and, like, give him a boost. Okay. While this is happening, uh, Zora, you and Squall, you both suddenly feel the hairs on... All the hairs on your body stand on end before you're suddenly shocked and electrocuted for five damage each. And you hear the little creature go, and their face distorts as they are also electrocuted. And there's still one squid that's still alive, correct? Yeah, that's the one that just uh, electrocuted you. What a jerk. I I can keep shooting it, but... That might help. Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. want to... Calculate another brilliant arrow trajectory. And you do. However, in order to make that shot, you have to first fire one arrow from your position. And once that arrow starts to slow and stall, you quickly fire another one to knock that arrow into the correct trajectory, Robin Hood style. Uh, So you lose one more ammo. Okay. And then your damage. Okay. That arrow that has been knocked back on the correct track pierces directly into the nose of this thing's gas sack, and it also begins to deflate. Uh, and because the pierce hole is so much smaller than it was when Squall stabbed it with a big lance and when Zora slashed it open, you hear like a long, drawn-out noise, like a balloon slowly deflating as it makes its way down towards the ground. All right. The squids are defeated. Yay! We don't Suck just it. kill humans. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, kill we, everything. We, we... We, we've, we've found these creatures unlike anything we've ever perceived in the entire world, and we have murdered them. We had no choice. That's true. It goes yeah. totally against, uh, against Gov. This is an unnatural creature. That's true. Those squids were heretics. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Meanwhile, while we're trying to get... I'm screaming for Carla to come over and try to give us a hand pulling up. Carla can't hear you. She's simply staring. She just watched the, her three caretakers murder these creatures from her nightmares would you like zora to help pull them up yeah i i think i think we should uh we should get out of this crater but uh it's it seems like this guy with lacking you know feet and so on is uh going to need a boost um more so than like you know you and i can climb yeah matt you gave me the fear there for a second because you you suddenly changed the size of them and i thought they were coming back to life or something no, they are getting sucked into that central pillar of nothingness and are disappearing into the darkness. All right, so Zora's trying to get them up. Okay, so you're able to help pull this thing up towards the edge of the crater and away from the danger of the stuff that's trying to pull you in. It is a difficult go, though. You get scratched up. You take uh, two damage on your way, and your blood, you suddenly notice that you are bleeding, even though, well, that tells you that you're protective garment has been breached in this uh encounter you are being exposed to whatever's out there right now but the three of you make it up to the edge here away from the immediate danger so i guess it's time to interrogate this creature so it's a red its head is a red box with a black panel on the front that has these two glowing blue circles and what is now looks like a a bow-shaped smile 
It has on the side of its head these two fins that also have blue circles where they attach to the head. And then the body is another box with a rounded bottom, and it's floating just above the ground. Its arms are... Everything about it looks like it's either metallic or ceramic of some sort, and it has these clamps instead of hands on the end of its red arms. It's sort of floating there, and it looks up at the three of you and says, Oh, thank you. Thank you for saving me. So what's the, what's the state of science fiction in our world? Do we have any... It's non-existent. Yeah, we don't have any concept for seeing a robot. None whatsoever. Okay, I, I take off my 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 um, my helmet just like as a to make sure I'm seeing things correctly. The little thing floats backwards from you in sudden surprise at seeing a human face. It's, oh, oh no! Has it not seen mine yet? No, you're wearing a veil, and you were up here the whole oh, time. Oh, that's true. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I I'm still too shy. I'm just kind of like, what are you? Like who? You know, uh, what, what am I seeing? I I'm MP2. Well, I'm Squall. Uh, are are you an investor or a donor? I'm the stalwart. <laughs> oh, oh, you're a donor. Uh, <laughs> and it's spinning around, looking over at Carla's stock still form, looking over at Zora still wearing her helmet, seeing Quan. But I'm an investor. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, oh, where am I? Um, you are. Well, what's the name of this place? The Badlands? The Wasteland? Yeah, it's the wasteland. I, yeah, the wasteland. You're, you're in the wasteland. What? It's, and suddenly it's looking around and it sees the, like, the dust and the sand and the dirt everywhere. And tentatively, one of its little clamps reaches down and clamps around some sand and rotates it and picks it up. And the sand flows out from between the rubberized end of its clamps. And it says, oh, no, this is the surface. Uh can I use Matthew? Can I use real talk on this robot man? You can try. <laughs> okay, let's try it. Okay, you're gonna send it into a logic loop. It's gonna blow up, <laughs> kill all of us. That's the end of our side quest. <laughs> That's cool. We had to die sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Ramulus carries on in our stead. Ramulus and Carla, <laughs> and the three scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are who we take over for the next one. All three seekers. <laughs> okay, so you've rolled a nine. You can ask them a question, and you won't be able to tell if what they're telling you is a truth or not. But okay. then you have to answer them with the truth of their question. Okay. How can I get you to calm down and have a normal conversation? Uh, I guess you could wake me up or send me home. I can't do either of those things, but uh, we can work on yeah, finding where, a way where, to where send is, you Where home. is home? What is, where are you from? What? Who, who do you work for? Gov. Who do you work for? <laughs> Pat answered my question. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Sir Quanjoy to answer, but yes. Uh, where Quanjoy wouldn't probably wouldn't say that. Quanjoy yeah, is just like, yes, yeah, What does uh, Quanjoy say? I work for our government and church. Oh, I see. So you're gonna you're gonna want to take me back to your church then. That's not, that doesn't necessarily have to happen depending on how this conversation goes. Um, I, I know what, I know what you donors are like. This is, oh, this couldn't be worse. Pretend like I'm just really stupid and explain to me what a donor is. Yeah, a donor d d donates. It's, it's part I'm of, with you so far. That's what the word means. 
I'm the, I'm really I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to talk to you. It's too late for any of that, though, isn't it? And we saved you from those giant flying tentacle lanterns. So obviously, we're on your side. We killed for you. <laughs> I almost died for you. Zora's bleeding out. It's not bleeding yeah, out. It's uh, just while, bleeding. While is, speaking of, while Quanjoy is talking to our little robot friend, and Carla is not doing anything useful, uh, I'm going to try to first aid uh, uh, Zora. Okay, yeah. you make that roll. Field medic seven. Okay, so yeah, you're you're stabilized, but uh, it doesn't give her any additional health. She'd probably have to take a potion to heal at this point. I do have a potion. I just don't remember how to use it. You just add ten health and take away a potion. Oh well, that's convenient. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm M- out of potions. While this is happening, MP2 starts backing away from the three of the four of you, like back towards the edge of the crater or back towards the center of the crater, I should say. And you can see the face, the, the little sort of caricature of a face on the front of its head looks very sad. Like there's a little animated teardrop coming out of its circle. eye and going down the side saying, I, I can't, I can't go to that. I can't go to your church. I don't No one in our church would like you. We don't want you to go to our church. Uh, we just want to have a conversation with you, especially because we saved you from whatever those things were, and we can take it from there. I don't want to carry you out of here. Come on. Are Are you going to take me to your governor? Look, I'm being 100% honest with you. Maybe, but probably not. I hope this goes well so I don't have to. MP2 is looking at the rest of you as well. I know Zora and Squall probably greatly disagree with me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, no, I mean, I'm. This is beyond my comprehension. This is beyond any of the audits and accounts I've ever read. <laughs> I want to know what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let me let me let me uh, roll charisma. I got an eight, so maybe I didn't do so well. But okay. So trying trying to impress upon this uh, this strange little robot that I'm like. That I'm not just going to uh, send him straight to drug jail. Okay. MP2 looks at you and you ask what's going on. And MP2 says, how how high up are you in your church? How much do you know about the sun? Oh, before you asked us about the sun, I would have said we were very high up in our church. We're, you know, we're extremely yeah, elite our, our agents. Our file cards say rank nine. Yeah. We are extremely <laughs> elite agents. There's no one better or more capable than us. But uh, we don't really know very much about the sun when you think about it, other than it's Gov's uh, heart. I never, I never thought that it was something I had to ask about. So you're part of the lie. The lie? Well, it's yeah, more of a grip. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Then you should know that everything, all of this, MP2 is looking very depressed and sad as it sort of slumps. All of this is a lie. What is this? I, I, I wrap my hand on some debris on a wall on Carla. I'm like, no, this all feels pretty real. What are you talking about? Would you even understand? And Pete seems to be talking to himself. You. Well, I do have a negative one wisdom modifier. So, yeah, go. For it. You are you, you are a, a product. Um, you so are. I didn't I didn't realize that this was going to be a math thing. <laughs> <laughs> You are a you are a product. You are a contingency. You are victim of the worst 
exploitation imaginable, and my people are the ones who are doing it to you. So can you explain this to us as if we were little children? Because I am quite lost right now. I, who are you? Yeah, I mean, my, my, who are your I, I, people? I, 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 I don't know about Carla and Quanjoy, but Zora and I, we've had pretty good lives so far. We don't feel like victims. What's going on? I have to be honest with you that I don't know. I only know I am not an important person where I come from. I am nobody. But even I, a nobody, know that what's happened to you and everyone here is wrong. Even I, a nobody, have been trying to help make it right. But we are fighting a battle we don't know anything about against an enemy we cannot understand. And me being down here can only do more harm than good. How do we get you home then? I, I mean, we do, we do have a, a new sail barge. Yeah, you can have our sail barge, part of it anyway. Unless you have a ship in the we sky. Just we had a ship coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, a ship that could go back to the sun, then you cannot help me go you mean, home. Like, you mean like some kind of bear? Uh, what? <laughs> we told you we have a ship. Ships don't go in the sky. Ships yeah, don't go in the water. Sometimes what, whatever you, whatever you're looking for, we're not going to find it in this crater. We'll help you try to find what it is that you're going to find in exchange for you explaining to us and possibly also Carla what's going on <laughs> as we find it. But, uh, you, you know, we're not finding it in this hole. MP2 floats a little bit back towards you, and uh, he holds out his... Well, no, he doesn't hold out his clamp. He briefly closes the eyes. They go from circles to little half-crescents, and his chest, the front of the box, opens. And the Matrix of Leadership. <laughs> Which of us is going to drop it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's fine. Inside... But, you know, Dustin, Dustin only made the joke before I could. <laughs> Inside yeah, you see there is a smaller box that is glowing a soft blue and uh, there is sort of a brackets that are holding it in place but they move forward and this glowing blue box comes out and uh, is on the outside of this thing's body now and his eyes open again and he says my body is not capable of surviving down here for long. But if you take this, this is me. If you can return this to the sun, or if you can take it to the hub, then I can survive. Where's the hub? How do we get to the sun? I can't tell you. I don't know. But I cannot answer any more of your questions. Besides, the, the, the sun just, we saw the sun break apart. We should do, you know, we, we should just get to one of those those spots where it broke apart and maybe that'll have an answer. If it does, then you must bring this part of me there. But my body is already failing. You know what? We'll do it. Yeah, we're, we're in. I have no choice but to trust you. When well, we... we're not going to, we're not going to grip you on this one. If you do, I will never know. This is what you would call a leap of faith. And it reaches in with its clamps. Uh, and it clamps them down on either side of the blue box. And it looks up at you with, it's hard to tell, but possibly pleading in its round little blue eyes and says, When you meet MP3, remind him to do the right thing. And it pulls the box out and you see its face go dark. 
and its body slumps and begins to disintegrate. Right. So we're uh, take the box. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. She definitely seems like the, uh, the most ethical of the three of us, and possibly also just the most responsible in general. I yeah, yep, like that's exactly one hundred percent right. Like I, I would I would say Carla is you know ethical and responsible, but I I also don't think she handles responsibility well. Yeah, she's also useless. Yeah, which Zora is not. <laughs> Uh, despite what the roles this uh, campaign have told us. Yeah, so Zora asks, what if this is the thing that they sent us to come look for? Well, I'm going to wait a second so Dustin can reconnect before I answer. Out of this crater. But um, uh, it, it, it is possible that this is it, but this, this isn't like any other splinter that's come off of the sun, right? That we know of? Nothing you know it's of. Like, it's like nothing that I've seen. I'm going to roll spout lore, and no matter how well I do, I'm still not going to have an answer for this. <laughs> and I actually say that entire thing out to the group. <laughs> <laughs> so the contents of the two previous splinter falls are heavily classified. Uh, sorry, the two. The splinters from the previous two sun falls, whatever they were, is heavily classified. All that you know, even at your lofty position in the church, is that at the Bureau, they have been studying and developing new technologies from whatever was in those splinters. And uh, you have heard the occasional rumor, which until now you dismissed, that the sun was more alive than people thought. Phew, this is heavy. So I, th I think we have just gone rogue from our faith in accepting this little guy's mission. Zora is... turns to look at Carla and then turns to look at you guys and does not yeah, say a word. Are we, we going to have to kill Carla now? <laughs> Do you say that right in front of her? No, no, I say it later when we're all back on the... When <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting right next to you. <laughs> right, Carla takes off her helmet finally and comes over to the three of you and she says, What is going on here? Well, that's what we're going to find out. I have to tell Next the governor. Time on splinters of a broken sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I have to. I have to tell the governor. About, I have to tell the governor this. Oh, was... I guess you just answered our question of if we have to kill Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell the governor when we're back and when we found out what's gone on. When you give him a report after this is all finished, you can try to walk back to the governor by yourself now, Carla. I mean, but yeah, you might, like, be yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be better to just stick with us. We sure. murdered a lot of people specifically <laughs> to keep you safe today. Yeah, ma many, many boat pirates have already died for this information. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, uh... Carla, I need you to understand you were the only reason we had to kill those people. <laughs> but we did it for you. So maybe just chill out and be cool. She looks down and you can see the tears that are falling from her face freeze before they even hit the ground. And they shatter and... They keep oh, Carla, coming. I'm not mad at you. I'm and sorry. And she says in her little broken voice, I, I trusted I well, trusted the church. My friends. So the three of us, but apparently there's more going on than we thought. That little guy could be a liar, but we really need to talk amongst ourselves before we figure right. this out. I mean, yeah. we just got told that apparently everything we know is a lie, so we're all feeling pretty stung right now. We need to, to work out what this is and find out what this box that this floating small man with a strange little face gave to us we need to find out what's happening here none of this makes sense but 
we should go you before it, dude. Yeah, before we all know. rot to death. At least we probably have a few days before we all die, so maybe we should just get back on the boat and go. Sounds good. Sounds good. Wait, sure. we need to get. Yeah, we we definitely need to see how Ramulus is doing. Maybe he knows something about this. <laughs> she, Ramulus knew she, the sun was alive. <laughs> it's just he, he's a ram. He can't talk. Yeah. He was the mole the whole time. The ram was the mole. <laughs> ram mole loss. Mm. He unzips. Ooh. He unzips his antlers, and it's just a mole wearing a ram suit. <laughs> um. So she's heading back towards the uh, edge of the crater and the ship beyond. But yeah, I think we should probably all do that. Yeah, I, I follow, uh, wishing that there was still more of that squash. There might uh, still be back on the boat. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. If the uh, boat's still even there. Yeah, I, I was I was going to ask Matt, uh, when we get back there, we find that like uh, we've been boat jacked or something. No, possible. you make your way up the inside of the crater, and at the top you look down, you see the boat is still there with its lanterns burning. And um, as you head down to the boat, the camera pulls up into the sky and arcs backwards so that it's looking up towards the sky. And the audience here can see that there is no sky. There's just more ground up there. And then the camera plunges backwards down that hole, the abyss that's in the center of the crater, down and down and down through darkness and the occasional flashing light until finally the camera emerges into an open something and you see smooth metallic skin with a hole in it where it just came out the camera starts to slowly rotate and as it begins to point away from that smooth metallic skin you finally see for the first time the stars And that's the end of InGov's service again. Yeah. Wow. Matt, Matt, that was an incredible ending. You did such a good job on this story and the world and everything. I am just so impressed. Thank you. I'm just so impressed. I I, I can honestly say I was not, like when you mentioned earlier at the start of this that like the regular crew found a spaceship, I still had no idea that this is where we're going. This this general direction even. There's a whole world in here. I thought it was just going to be us like goofing off killing more pirates. (laughs) (laughs) well sometimes uh goofing off and killing pirates can lead to profound truths i think that's the lesson that the pirates of the caribbean movies taught us (laughs) (laughs) as we uh as we veer from being on gov in gov service to on stranger tides (laughs) nice yes as you pull the key off of a dead man's chest (laughs) oh we did do that you sure did yeah All right. um, What remained of his chest? (laughs) I'm going to wrap up the recording. So I want to thank the three of you for coming out again and getting together for another session of this uh, fun pretendy time game. Had a blast Uh, running it. Everyone who listened, thank you for putting up with us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for not just like throwing your computer into a lake. Uh, You're you're consistently uh, delightful and unpredictable, and that's uh, the best we can ask for for uh, players in this kind of game. So thanks again, and until the next time, all the best.